Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 367. At the end, regret only what you didn't do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Lou Carvel. Lou, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I got the pedal to the metal. I'm ready to go. Cool. I love it. Great to have you here. Lou Carvel owns Lou & Company. It's a small New York-based branding and design company. He studied at the School of Visual Arts and got into advertising business and for years was an executive creative director at some of New York's leading ad agencies. He worked on campaigns for some blue-chip companies including Smith Barney, Nestle, Rolls-Royce, and many, many others. He's a passionate and lifelong car collector, and today he's focusing his creativity and drive to express his love affair with automobiles in a dramatically graphic series aptly named Reincarnation. Lou, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, your life, and your passion for automobiles? My passion for automobiles, I can't explain it, but uh, since I was four years old, I knew the difference between Ford, Chevy, and Plymouth. At that time, they were the big three. While other people, other kids played baseball, I uh, sat at my picture window pointing out each (laughs) car. Not only did I know each car, I knew in a moment the difference between uh, a Fairlane and a Crown Victoria. I don't know how and I can't explain it. And the interesting thing is even today, as uh, some folks know, I love automobiles. Their mothers will come to me and said, you know, I have a son. We don't like cars, but this kid is obsessed with cars. We don't know where it came from. I said, well, I can identify with that because that's what happened to me. And I have a a lot of other friends. You just kind of born with it. You know what I mean? Genetics. My love of cars started very, very early. My father and I used to build hot rod soap uh, soapbox races. I used to design them. My father used to build them. Okay. Cool. He also built me and I designed a bike with fins on it, you know, so we were always 
you know, conceptualizing things. I can't build anything, incidentally. You know, I'm dangerous with tools, even though I have 11 cars. But uh, <laughs> I, I know where to put gas in and wash them. But anyway, my love affair with automobiles started at a very young age. And I was just uh, obsessed with them. In, in your words, uh, an incurable addict. I, I like that uh, term because I always, when I start with talking about it, I said, I have a confession to make. I'm an addict. And uh, it's not drugs. It's automobiles. <laughs> Hence, uh, my collection of 11 cars today. That's why I wanted to have you on the show here. You know, even though your professional career for all those years in New York City, you're one of those ad men guys like the, <laughs> in the TV yeah. show, but, but your passion for cars goes way, way back. And we're going to learn a little bit more about you as we move through here. And we're also going to learn a lot more about this new project. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guest for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a Really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Lou, I know you love to drive. Take the wheel. Okay. Well, I can give you a lot of them, but uh, <laughs> one in particular, and I believe it's attributed to uh, Sumner Redstone, and uh, I believe this, success is the result of failure, mm. okay? You have to believe in yourself and don't listen to anybody else. If you have an idea or dream, you go with it. There'll be a million people who will tell you why they can't, okay? I've learned this, of course, uh, presenting major campaigns to advertising agencies, for, for advertising agencies. I've been thrown out of boardrooms from P&G, America West, and all that, so I know. <laughs> and I've also been accepted by them, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if you really think about the even the term overnight success, very few things are an overnight success. I read that uh, that movie, The Help, was rejected 50 times. Wow. Um, Jersey Boys took 10 years to get to Broadway. Yeah. And my cousin Vinny took five years. Yeah. So I think the success as a result of failure is um, is something to live by and, and just keep going, you know. And uh, the, I only know one speed, and that's straight ahead. And uh, that's <laughs> well, what I'm doing. <laughs> perfect for a car guy, and especially in the ad agency. As, as we talked in our pre-show chat, I worked for 11 years as a creative director. And, and even the last 22 years, the other career I had, I was responsible for all the branding and marketing. And as we know, as people who are creative and have to come up with these things, it's a lot of work. And there's a lot of people that frown and go, what? Uh, what? That, that's not going to work. So, <laughs> But, you know, as failure is an awesome thing because it means you tried something. You moved out of your comfort zone. It's so, so important. I hear that from so many guests here on Cars. Yeah, dare to fail, dare to fail, dare to fail. I love it. Great quote. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about being that little boy in the window watching the cars go by, but is there a pivotal moment in your life you remember when you really knew that Lou was a car guy? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but one in particular stands out. I grew up in a small town, Freeport, Long Island, in the 50s. And uh, my uncle worked for a construction company. He drove a bulldozer. And the big thing on Friday afternoon was the boss used to let him take his car to do errands. Okay, this was a big deal in a small town. So he would come over my house and um, he would come into the driveway with his boss's car. And what was it? A 56 Cadillac Eldorado Coupe de Ville. Oh, my okay. gosh. <laughs> That's quite and a car. It, it didn't come into the driveway. It glided into the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. And it was black, and it was beautiful, and it took my breath away. Wow. And I looked at it, and it was the epitome of luxury style alongside a 56 Plymouth or something like that. This thing just stood out. Yeah. And I said to myself, wow, that is art. Uh, it's a famous not it's not a famous quote, but it's something I remember for N NYPD, the show that was on. Uh, I guess uh, a mob guy bought a 
car for his girlfriend, and she said, wow, that's a great car. And he said, that's not a car. That's a Cadillac. <laughs> okay? I always uh, look at that as a moment. Uh, even though I loved cars, it's, wow, that is something to aspire to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Design-wise and driving-wise, and it just uh, stayed with me. The height of Harley Earl and the design of GM and those cars that were coming out. Well, all the all the marks back then in the 50s were making these you know big tail fins and long, sleek bodies and even look back being an ad guy like you are at the advertisements back then, they didn't even use photographs. They'd use drawings and kind of stretch the right. cars out to make them look even bigger. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely a heyday for, for uh, the automotive companies in the U.S. I'd love to crawl under the hood now, Lou, and ask you to share a real big challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way. You talk about getting thrown out of some boardrooms. I understand that situation. Been there, done that. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome this particular situation? What did it teach you? What did you learn from it? Here's one for you. Not long ago, I invested and lost a large amount of money in a tech idea. Mm -hmm. Not only wasn't my idea, I am the world's biggest Luddite. Okay? Oh. I even have a URL that says King of the Luddites. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I did, however, think this was a good idea even though it wasn't mine. Okay, it had to do with advertising, matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Foolishly, I was never aware of how much money was really needed to develop this, hundreds of thousands of dollars, incidentally. And uh, uh, it took me three years uh, with this. And, you know, almost I became a junkie. You know, I was selling uh, my watch collection, my rings. I, I finally sold one of my favorite all-time cars just to keep the idea going. And then one day I just realized it wasn't going mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to happen underfunded. I learned that a great idea is just that. Okay. If you don't have the marketing and the funds and you want to get involved with venture capitalists, uh, you know, that, that's all it is, is a great idea. Right. Um, so I lost a tremendous amount of money in this and I was agonizing over it for a long, long time. You know, I mean, I could have put it to my son's college education. It was, you know, I could have put it to other uses. Uh, uh, I could have opened a restaurant devoted to autom uh, a, a lounge and restaurant devoted to automobiles, which I really wanted to do. Anyway, the point was I agonized over it for a long, long time. And uh, a friend of mine said to me very simply, Lou, it's only money. Mm. <laughs> and those simple words, uh, you know, I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what? You're healthy got a great family yeah and you still have a mind where you can think up other things and you will yeah. and i put it behind me and went on yeah it wasn't easy but to, to know you did the, you know there's tragedies where you lose money and other things like this but i willingly did this okay yeah. so yeah. i learned from it you know uh, yeah. uh, uh i think i'm i'm a little smarter from it and uh, uh also i'll do my own ideas thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well you know first and foremost thanks for sharing a very personal and painful painful yeah. story that i know a lot of folks out there have dealt with this they've They've lived through it. The fact that you're just saying it is a sign that you moved past it because so many people are embarrassed by situations like that or they're just they're in a point where they're like, oh, I can't even think about this. But I appreciate that. But, you know, there's a point where you have to if you're digging a hole, you have to know when to stop and crawl out and go start another hard. another hole. It is very, very hard. It, it's hard in many, many ways. But you know what? For those listeners out there, listen to Lou. First and foremost, it's only money. If you have your health, if you have your brain, if you can move on, step forward. The great thing about failing sometimes is when you fall, you fall forward. And when you get up, you're a few steps further towards something new and something different. And that's why I have so many entrepreneurs here on Cars Yeah, because every one of them has a story like yours in some way 
that they've had to deal with this thing. So I appreciate you sharing that. Let's let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real career aha moment. I like to say it's when the, the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, new direction. And, and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Well, I'm not exactly sure it's the aha moment, but it's a moment that I'm proud of in my in my career. Um, maybe a little different uh, uh, answer to the question, but um, mm-hmm. if you'll allow me to go on. Absolutely. Like you said, uh, I was executive creative director for many New York agencies for more years than I uh, care to admit, you know, <laughs> so I had to, I had to live through, you know, you guys are only one step above used car salesmen. I hate commercials. I don't work. Uh, and even today where they have devices that turn commercials off. Yep. So, you know, you always face that. Also, you know, everyone always says, well, is there any way to even measure what you're doing? Uh, you know, do people buy things from that junk you're doing, you know what I mean? There came a point in time in 1985 where I was doing pro bono work, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And for food stamps, matter of fact, it was a very different time. People were ashamed to go get food stamps, okay? Unlike today, where they're only too eager to do this. But in that time, even though it was guaranteed for them, they were uh, ashamed to do it. So we had to do a commercial that gave them some pride and don't be ashamed. These are for you, you know? So we came up with a spot and we did it. Lo and behold, after we did it, People started getting these food stamps. It was a whole thing that you could see. In fact, Washington called us. The people in Washington that gave us uh, said, we can't understand this, that people are now getting food. In fact, they called us to Washington and gave us an award. Surprise, um, it worked. It works, you know. <laughs> uh, not new and improved and 10 cents off and 15, but this is actually something where it helped people. Right. So the fact is it was very gratifying to me to actually see this work that wasn't a dollars and cents, you know, commercial venture, you know, so I felt very gratifying that I could actually help something with the knowledge that I learned. Later on, I also worked on a lot of stuff at Drug Free America that was extremely successful for them, you know, in fact, they ran it two or three seasons and you could actually see results from that. So those, you know, that I could actually help people again doing stuff that um, I learned was very rewarding. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic when things like that, you can actually see the results. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this, you know, today, there are so many opportunities for people to be creative in so many ways. And you look at the ways people through social media, I mean, just Facebook, the ads that get placed on Facebook, these little mini videos, if you will, that get so many more views than you ever would on a television set. And they get get viewed with intent. People actually sit there and watch them. They don't just turn them off because they're interesting. So I think as creative people, we've been forced to be better at our craft and what we're it's doing. Us better. Yeah, yeah, definitely better. Definitely better. When you answer the next question I had about proudest moments and congratulations on those campaigns because they are not easy. And when you're working for the government, uh, no oh money. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes it even more, more challenging in many ways, but uh, fantastic. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. You talk about having all these cars right now in your collection, but let's talk about your first really special car. It doesn't have to be your first car, but maybe that was the most special for you. But could you tell us about that vehicle and share some memories you have with it? Well, there were a couple of uh, vehicles, but uh, it wasn't my first car. Actually, my second car. My then girlfriend's father at the time, and this was in the early 60s, uh, my first car was a rusted 49 Chevy, which, you know, I was embarrassed to drive around, but it was my first car. But the second car, and this car in particular, uh, my girlfriend's father told me, hey, Lou, there's a 55 Merc in back of a gas station, uh, you know, in town. You want to take a look at it? 
So I was a Chevy guy. I didn't like Fords or Mercury. But, you know, the curiosity got the best of me, and I went and looked at the Merc. It was a red and white two-door Montclair hardtop. Oh, wow. (laughs) And wonder of wonders, it was a stick V8 with duels. Now, in the early 60s, that was a big deal. Oh, yeah. You know, if you had duels on a four-barrel and a stick, oh, man, you were, you know. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) we got it out of the weeds back of the gas station, got it running. I felt pretty cool. I was driving around with that stick, and, you know, uh, it stuck in my memory as kind of a special car. Of course, two years later, I sold it and got a 57 Chevy 210. (laughs) Back to the Chev, yeah. But in that time frame, it was kind of special for me. Yeah, oh, very cool. That's an awesome car. there's there's one other one I just got to tell you this story. Okay, yeah, do tell. I finally got the car of my dreams, a 57 Corvette, okay? And I loved the car. And uh, I used to commute into New York. So I was out late one night, didn't put it away, and I parked it in a parking lot in town. But the parking lot was right next to a police station, so I figured it was relatively safe. Well, (laughs) I was wrong. They stole the car. Oh, no. Right next to the police station. Oh, no. My heart was broken because I loved the car, and they finally found it in a million pieces. But the story is this. So now I had to walk to the train station every day, okay? Uh, Yeah. So I'm walking in the back of a parking lot, and I see this 356 Porsche for sale. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah. And uh, I had been reading a lot. This was, again, in the 60s. I had been reading a lot about Porsches, okay? But, of course, I was a Chevy V8 man. I was asking, what is this Porsche? What the hell is this thing? But I knew a lot of people loved it and were reading. You know, it was a big thing. And I kept walking past this car every day, and I looked at it, and I said, this has got to be the ugliest car I've ever seen. I mean, the Corvette is a 283 V8. It's cool. This thing looks like a little round. I don't know. It looks like a bathtub. I can't get with it. But, of course, being the car guy that I am, I rang the doorbell, okay, and the guy came. I said, what is this? Can you tell me about it? I took it for a ride, and I was immediately transformed. Here I was driving the V8, taking, you know, putting it into first, taking off the line. This thing didn't have anything like that, but it was so zippy and fun. I felt like it was a little cocoon, you know? Oh, yeah. So I didn't, my Corvette was gone, but now I had a 356, and I <laughs> loved the car. And I had it for quite a number of years, although one day I looked down at the floor and saw it was rusting right through. I didn't know they rusted. <laughs> now you had a Flintstone car. <laughs> yeah, now I had a Flintstone. So uh, actually, there's, I'm sorry for rambling on, but there are two aha uh, stories yeah. of my cars that were special to me. I like the way you described that 356, a car coon. Yes, yeah. very cool. Well, that's what I, you were inside this little round, this oh yeah, round thing, and you felt really safe, and and, and so it didn't go uh, off off the line so fast, but it went around the corner pretty cool. Yeah, you know? and oh, it was yeah. so simple. The simplicity of it was great. Wonderful low cars, and I know you've got a speedster nowadays, right? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, and I've oh. had it since 1979. Oh gosh, yeah, that's a car I'd love to have in my garage. Wonderful, wonderful. How about a car that you've owned that you sold? Let's not talk about the one that was stole, but instead sold, that you really Uh, wish you had back in your garage. Well, there's three of them. Um, Okay. (laughs) Back to my story about that tech company uh, and me being a junkie, one of the cars I sold was a 1957 DeSoto uh, Adventure convertible, of which there were only 15 in the world. Yeah, I'm trying to picture that. Yeah, well, just think about big fins, a gold and white car with uh, you know air conditioning and power windows a very rare car yeah i got a pretty good price for it uh although five years later the guy who bought it from me called up and said a guy from norway wants to buy it which i knew was going to be double the price but anyway yeah Yeah. i I, I am sorry i sold that yeah i also sold uh 57 eldorado brougham which is another rare car but 
the cost of restoring the car was way beyond me and a fossil Vega that I had. Oh, wow. All those cars were great cars. They were all beautiful designs, but you know, the cost of restoration, I thought I was ahead of the game. I bought the cars. I figured, well, I'll get the money to restore these cars eventually as long as I get them. But what happened? I held on to them so long. The cost of restoration went up and I could never <laughs> restore the cars. But those were a few of the cars that um, I, I wish I still had in my garage right now. But I, w- I was lucky enough to have them, you know. You are a very eclectic taste, too. Those are some uh, pretty broad range looking cars and styles of cars and areas. So. I always buy ca- cars for design. Good. You know? That's the way you should. Cars you love. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say, if I don't like it, walking up to it and looking at it before I even no. touch it to get in it, forget it. I really don't have an interest in it. So let's talk about current projects. I'd love for you to share with the Cars Yeah listeners this new reincarnation project you're working on. Can you tell us what you're doing? What, what is it all about? Yeah, well, I'll tell you how I got to it. Again, I love the cars of the 50s, okay? And as you know, we talked about before with the fins and everything, it was a great time in America for automotive design. It was a great time in America, you know, just in general. We were strong, had a great economy. We are coming off the war, and we designed cars like nobody else. So, um, you know, you, you collect cars, I think, in the era you grow up in, and that was my era, 50s or 60s, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate uh, as my career advanced, I was able to buy some of these cars, you know, and I love the design as I spoke about. But what happened is I guess I was staring at the cars too long, you know, as much as I loved them. And I started looking at the elements, the automotive elements of cars, taillights, door handles, hood ornaments, and all the things that make up the car, the parts, actually. You know, and I started thinking that the the sum of the parts could be greater than the whole. It was the reason these cars look good uh, was that designers at the time spent six months a year on a door handle. Okay, it didn't just happen like today. You know, the elements all had something to do with the car. So I started to fall in love with the parts. Of course, when I explained this to Epiphany to my wife, I think uh, I was lucky she didn't call Bellevue and put me in the hospital. But um, <laughs> anyway, I started to photograph actual parts of the car, like um, uh, a 58 Buick taillight against a white nose seam. And mm-hmm. to me, they were they were art, okay? Right. Uh, and they looked heroic against a white no seam. So they were, you know, they were destined to be part of this car, but I pulled them off the car and they looked great to me. Okay. okay. In fact, I have a, a door of a 31 Ford truck in my living room. It is so square <laughs> and the scene is so beautiful. When people walk in, they don't even know it's part of a car. They just think it's art. They, you know, they, they, what is that? I said, yeah. it's part of a car. Yeah. La- later on now, again, I kept staring at these things and I, these parts of the cars and the 58 Buick taillight reminded me of a ship or a building in New York City, the architecturally. So I started uh, my imagination was running wild, and I put these um, these elements of automobiles in different backgrounds because that was my imagination on what they did. For instance, my hood scoops on my 54 DeSoto reminded me of uh, of rocket ships going through the air. So I got put them in uh, New York City in the background and those, and, and sure enough to me, that's what they look like. So hence <laughs> these, this project called Reincarnation. They're really car parts reborn in a different life, and uh, cool. I find it extremely exciting, uh, but again, um, that's my taste. <laughs> no, it's really wonderful. Now, you've created a book from yes, these images? Um, I've, self, I've self-published a, a book called Reincarnation. Awesome. Uh, um, I, I did it myself through Blurb. Uh, uh-huh. you know, I hope I can get a sponsor if, Possibly an automobile company, an oil company, an insurance company, you know. Uh, and I wish I could get connected with Detroit because it is the time when Detroit was at its greatest. Yeah. And 
it's a nice memory to have. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm working on it uh, as we speak. There you, know? you go. Very cool. Well, later in the show, we'll talk about how people can access you and find out more about what you're doing. And hopefully there's a listener out there that'll say, hey, let's collaborate on something and, and get together and, and uh, make this happen in a bigger way. Fantastic. I love the project. Thank you. I've seen the images. I've got to get my hands on a copy of that book. That would be really cool, too. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Lou. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I would be, um, well, I got to digress for a second. Uh, (laughs) About three years ago, I had a a cardiac arrest. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't have any uh, uh, leaky heart valves. I don't have any other heart problem. I don't have any clogged arteries. My heart just stopped. Oh, gosh. I was dead for 11 minutes, almost a record. Oh, my gosh. So there had to be a reason for this, okay? And, of course, I I, I questioned a lot of doctors, and they said, Lou, your heart just stopped. I Hmm. said, I don't get it. There's got to be a reason. He says, well, it was an electrical short. Okay. I said, well, I I love cars, but I didn't know I was – Yeah, do I I have Lucas Electrics inside of me? Yeah. But anyway, so obviously I survived. But if I I had to come back as a car, I was a car, I would be a 57 Corvette or or as we spoke about, the 56 Porsche Speedster. (laughs) Because I think the simplicity of both cars and the design of both cars are timeless. Yeah. You know, I can – I don't have – I don't have cars because of an ego. I have cars because I love the design. Right. I have a house on the end of Long Island and the Hamptons where everybody is jockeying for position with new Corvettes and how much they can spend on a Mercedes and a Ferrari and anything else like that. Uh But if I just happen to come into town with either one of those cars, that's where the crowd goes. Of course. Yeah, because it's classic. It's timeless. It will never go out of style. And if you check the dashboard on a, on, on a 57 Corvette or a 50, uh, 56 Speedster, it has all the information you need and its simplicity at its best. So I think that's a good rule of life and design. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great choice. And thank goodness you're still with us, Lou. Holy cow! What a thing to to live through! My goodness. Well, it has a little to it has a little to do with the title reincarnation. <laughs> I uh, think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you came back from that. Oh my gosh! Well, Lou, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com sponsors. 
Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Lou, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I think if you're buying a car, just like God, buy the car you love. Okay. Also, enjoy it and drive it. I have a lot of friends of mine that worship these guys. I don't know what they do, and they must have some ritual in the garage they do, but they never drive <laughs> the damn thing. Okay. Yeah. The fun of the car is driving it and enjoying it. Yes. Okay? I've said this before. Our listeners will know that every time I've sold a car – and watched the new owner drive away, I've looked at my wife, Jill, and said, gee whiz, why did I save that car for that guy? Um, I, you know, because, yeah, uh, yeah, so great advice, great advice. Uh, listen to that advice, listeners out there. How about one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? My personal habits, I'm, you know, I was born with a set of values that I think are rapidly deteriorating today. You know, a handshake, your word, Okay, uh, uh, listening to other people. I'm a big listener. I'm, I'm not a big talker, uh, contrary to what's going on right now. But I, I like to listen to people and understand, understand yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think technology has done us as much as much as it's advanced as it's done us a disservice. The coldness of emails. People break up with romances on the email. Nobody calls you back today. I mean, we lost something. Yeah. I've always said here to these like I said, the values of, of calling people back and handshakes and my word. That's all you have, especially in the business I was in, in advertising. If you don't have your word and you don't hear a set of rules and you have nothing. So I don't know if that's the best advice, but it's my it's what I've learned. It's a good way to live your life. Absolutely. And I agree with many, many points that you touched on there. Yeah, it really has. Uh, things have changed. It's unfortunate in many ways. How about a resource? Is there one resource in particular you think the Cars Out listeners would really enjoy? Yes. There's a gentleman who I became friendly with uh, under on some circumstances I won't discuss right now. Um, there was a car deal I got into, and it didn't work out well. But anyway, it led me to, uh, to Pennsylvania where I met by accident this gentleman, Paul Sable. Okay, Paul Sable um, is a, a judge at many, many uh, prestigious car events. And the reason I mention his name is I, I labor under the assumption that I know a little bit about cars. This guy knows more about cars, forgot more about cars than I know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he'll tell you everything about any car. If I call him up, uh, and for instance, I, I, was, uh, I live on Long Island. If I call him up, he'll say, you know what, you know, there were a couple of cars produced on Long Island. 
And I said, yeah, really? I, I did know about him, but not only does he know about him, he'll show me the ads that were done at the time. Wow. And, and who did it and where it was. And so he's a, he's a, a, a wonderful source for automotive knowledge. Does and he have a, a website or a way for people to access him or a business? His, his, name, his name is Doc Sable. His name is Paul Sable. If, if you Google the name, you'll find him. Okay. But the very enlightening and a wonderful gentleman, and a, a fellow car addict. Yeah, I love it. Great. How about a book? Is there one book in particular? you think the Cars Out listeners would really enjoy reading? Yeah, I think there's a couple of books. Uh, uh, an author named Paul Ingrassia is one, one of my favorites. He has two books out, Crash Course, about Detroit and how General Motors got in that uh, financial situation in 2008. And he has a, a, a more recent one called Engines of Change. And they all talk about the you know, automotive, 50s, automotive history, big business of automobiles and where things are headed today. So I find it very interesting from his point of view. He was a Wall Street Journal reporter for many, many years. Oh, great. Awesome. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Lou's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com slash Lou Carvel. I love the fact that the first three letters in your name are car. <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> and I'll remind our listeners, there's another great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books, where you can go there and find Lou's selections for books and all the past 300 and 66 other guests that have been here on Cars Yeah with real quick, easy links to get your hands on any of these great publications. All right, Lou, we're up to what I call the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. This could be a tough one for you, given that you've got 11 cars in your garage. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, I'll give you two. No, you can only choose one. <laughs> you know what? Because if I let you choose two, I'm going to get 366 okay. phone calls from, from a lot of people going, how come Lou got to choose two? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can tell me what the two are and then select from those. Okay. Uh, 64 Ferrari Lusso. Mm. 64 Fossil 2. Fossil Ooh. Vega 2. Okay. Okay. Which a lot of people are not going to know what that is. But of the two, I guess I'll have to go with the Ferrari Lusso. And it's one of the most combination of elegance, speed, and breeding. And again, will never go out of style, in my opinion. Yeah, beautiful cars, the V12 engine and those yeah, things. The just... sound, the sound, it's yeah. breeding. Yeah, and, you know, if you've ever driven an Italian car, forget about it. What do you think is going to break down and all the other things? That's what breeding is about, and and you, you can feel it when you sit in in the leather and hear the sound of that that thing. So beautiful car. What color would you like? Well, the blue is enticing, mm -hmm. but somehow I love black. Mm, um, yeah, as opposed to most people liking Ferraris and red. Yeah, I think uh, designers tend to go to black quite often because. It doesn't allow any distractions from the design right. of the body, uh, if you will. So great choice. I love it, Lou. I'll have to go out there and find you a black Lou. So I think that's going <laughs> to cost me a pretty penny today. <laughs> yeah, about uh, two and a half million. Or maybe I'm even. Oh, under, you uh, may be a little under yeah, these days. I might be under. Yeah, okay. That's what I was looking at one 1981, it was $24,000. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, we can't go back. We can nope. always only go forward. Only go forward. Lou, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed thank talking you. with you. You're welcome in your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 64 Ferrari Lusso? Yes, uh, another quote, a favorite of mine from Charlie Rose. At the end, regret only what you didn't do. 
Yes. To me, there's a lot of things I didn't do. You know, not what I did, what I didn't do. Yeah. Well, you're not at the end yet. You dodged, no. you dodged that I, bullet. I have more cause to buy. <laughs> you have more fun to have and more things to create. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and learn about reincarnation? Well, um, my website, reincarnationart.com, is one. I also have uh, uh, another website with some other art I'm doing with automobiles that might be interesting in a different way, and, and that's lefthandedarts.com. Left-handed art. Very cool. Okay. Um, well, you know, left-handed, arts, uh, left-handed people are supposed to be descended from the devil, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but um, also my company, net. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, you can find links to all of the, these great sites where you can learn more about Lou and reincarnation and all the things that he's up to these days at carsyad.com. Just type Lou, L-O-U, into the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with all of those links. Lou, thank you for being so generous today with your time. Thank you. You're really welcome. Enjoy Very enjoyable. This was great fun and, and for sharing your experiences with us. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.